Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Good morning. So I have my son, Jamison, who's going to help me out this morning here. This is Jamison. And uh, we're going to come down here. Jamison is nine, nearly 10. Right? Yeah, he's a cute guy, this little guy right here. It's good to be with you this morning, Highway Church. And of course, uh, send my love to your pastors, uh, Byron and Anne, and pastors Caleb and Kim. What wonderful people. And it's a real joy to be here this morning. So Jamison has a tennis ball here. And he's going to select somebody and just give a nice little throw of the tennis ball to somebody here Maybe you could do in the first couple of rows or something. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> Who are you going to pick? Who are you going to pick? Who are you going to pick? What do you think? Hard choice. So many people, right, to pick from, right? What about this person right here on the front row? Because that's a nice, easy throw. Why don't you give that a go right here? Look at that. That's easy. All right. Do you want to do one more? What about the second row? What about this guy right here? Right? Nice little throw right there. All right, there we go. It's coming back. You got that? All right. Thank you, son. Can we thank little Jam Jam? You good? You can go sit down now. All right, Aldo. Are you ready for this one? Because this one's coming, this one's coming to you, right? Six foot six tall, lean, strong, muscular. All right, Aldo, you got this one, man. Look at that. That's not a... That's, don't, don't <laughs> hit somebody, Aldo. <laughs> I knew that was about to come, man. I knew that was about to come. All right, BJ, you can catch this one. You ready for this one? All right, there we go. There we go. There we go. Don't lose the tennis ball. It's a very important part of our whole... Yeah, you got to throw it back. That's the rule. you got to throw it back. Hey, um, has anybody found over the last few years... What about over here? Last few years, yeah, yeah, I don't want to hit anybody, right? I want to be invited back. I don't want to be known as that guy who, like, you know, over the past few years, uh, we've certainly had our fair share of things thrown our way, problems in life. Anybody, anybody remember the pandemic? And the interest rates that we're now dealing with and... On a global level, feels like there are wars and rumors of wars and upheavals and just uncertainty in so many different places. But if we then zoom the lens in closer to home, to your home, to your life, to your story, there's a very good chance that within this room, Every single person would have a story to tell. And you would say, you know what? I've had some challenges thrown my way. I've had some problems that I've had to process, navigate through, and deal with over the last few years. Could have been a marriage scenario that was thrown your way. You're like, it's been difficult. And we've been working through some things. Could be a mental health problem that hit you out of nowhere and you've thought, you know what, I never thought this would be me at this point in my life having to navigate this, but here I am. 
and this is what life has thrown my way. Could be a health diagnosis that came out of nowhere. And again, you've been having to process, how do I deal with this problem? Well, this simple Wilson tennis ball reminds me that like a tennis ball, life throws problems our way. And here's the catch. We don't get to choose which tennis balls are thrown at us. The only choice that we get to make in life is how we respond to the problems and challenges that life throws our way. And Gilston, I'm glad that you guys are joining in on this and there with you in spirit this morning. So I want to read a few scriptures to you this morning and I want to bring us around a question You know what? It's a question I've been asking myself. I think I was here, I'm not sure, May. So, Caleb, time goes fast. It feels like two months, but I think it's been like four months. I don't know. It's been, you know, because you look a lot older since I was here last. (laughs) It's not true. You look fantastic. And we're matching this morning, you know. Uh, I think it's been a number of months, but oh my goodness. I mean, for me, since I was here, I've lost my grandmother and I've lost my brother. So think about that, a few months of just life, and you're like, I've had things thrown my way that I've never had to grapple with before, ever in my life, in the matter of just a few short months. So I've been asking myself a question, and I think it would be so helpful if today we put this question in front of all of us and collectively ask this question, and I hope it helps you in your journey with whatever you're navigating in life, and it's this. How can I have peace when I have problems? How can I have peace, which is something that we all want, we all desire, how can I have peace when I have problems? Because we don't know, when we wake up each morning, what unexpected circumstances or events or trials will come our way. You don't know when you wake up tomorrow morning what's coming your way that week. So if I don't know what unexpected things are coming at me and I cannot control or select the items that are thrown at me, how is it possible to truly have peace and not give in to worry and stress and anxiety or negative thinking? How in the world, if I can't control this, how can I have peace? Well, I want to read a few scriptures to you this morning that I think will help us do a little to answer this question. And these scriptures are intentional. They're a selection of scriptures. But actually, they're the introductory verses from the writings of Paul. My middle name is Paul, and I think it's a good choice to make. Paul is a prolific New Testament writer, and uh, his connection, his thematic connection and his introduction, I found very fascinating. For example, Romans chapter 1 and verse 6 and We'll read verse 6 and 7, and it reads, And you are included among those Gentiles 
who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, here's the phrase, give you grace and peace. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. What about Galatians 1, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3? All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you Grace and peace. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. And you're like, does Paul not have anything unique to write in his introductions to these letters? Well, in fact, if you go through Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, Titus, Philemon, we see that Paul consistently, when he writes, connects two major themes together. Now, when you write an uh, introduction, especially if you're writing uh, some form of systematic document, as Paul wrote, where he's making a case, he has a message to deliver, the introductions and conclusions are very important in the writings of Paul. And so Paul writes and sets right there as a bookend, in the framework, in the context, these two themes to you, who I'm writing to, this church, this community, this city, brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace. So consider this big idea. We'll look at a few big ideas in our time together today. I think this is so important, and really it's a beautiful thought for, for all of us. And big idea one is this. Grace from God leads to peace in our lives. Let me say that again. Grace from God leads to peace in our lives. The Hebrew idea of peace comes from this word, shalom. And I think this word is a very special word. It was often used in greetings because it refers to not just a peace that would exist in a spiritual area of your life unseen by anybody else, but there was a sense of this is your entire life, that God would bless you in a way that would affect your relationships, your business dealings, the overall wholeness of your life would receive the blessing of God and that was labeled peace. That there would be something about your whole life that people would look at and say, it seems like everything is working together in harmony under the blessing of God. They're blessed in their home. They're blessed in their family. They're blessed in their finances and business. They're blessed emotionally. They're blessed spiritually. Shalom, that is God's peace. And so what does Paul do? He places these two concepts in conjunction with each other and he links them. He chains them together 
the grace of God and the peace of God. That when you receive grace from God, it leads to peace in our lives. So this peace is so real that grace, a spiritual deposit that you receive, becomes so real, it is expressed in every arena of your life. It is evident. It is abundant. It overflows from the inside out and results in a wholeness, a well-being, a blessing of your entire life. Who thinks that's a pretty good thing right there? That's what we would all want for our lives, to see God's grace and God's peace play out in our life. So God's peace leads, God's grace leads to his peace. Our second big idea is this, that peace, I've had to learn this, peace and perfection are not the same thing. Have you ever found yourself juggling some problems or challenges that life is throwing you away? And you've thought this. When I can finally get rid of this, solve this, figure this out, then I will be in a place where finally I have some peace. Once I resolve this situation at work and I can finally offload this, I'll finally be able to have peace when I can navigate through this scenario with one of my children and we can resolve it and and fix it and I can finally pass this on and be done with it, then I will have peace. When I can deal with this health ailment that's been affecting me for so long and I can just get through it and I can push this aside and put that on the shelf, then I will have peace. I know often I've gotten into that thinking process Myself, just dealing with the complexities of life. And I want to say this to you if you're in this space today and you're navigating some very serious problems, I want to let you know that we're standing with you. I know that life can sometimes weigh very heavily. But can I encourage you with this thought? I, in my own journey, have often mistaken the concept of peace for the concept of perfection. In other words, peace means the absence of all of these annoying, irritating tennis balls that are thrown my way. And if I can finally wake up one morning and be like, today is the day. I can't believe it. I have no problems, no challenges, no stress. Today, it's arrived. It's finally here. Perfection in every single arena of my life. It's just there. Life is completely perfect. Then I will say, I feel peaceful. But Paul's idea of peace was not connected to a life of perfection. It wasn't a synonym for everything in your life is completely fine and you have no challenges, no problems at all. And if you can finally arrive at that point, then you have God's peace. But rather, Paul's idea of peace was something so potent that even if your life got smothered by these, 
and you felt like I'm juggling more problems and challenges than what I could ever imagine, and I'm not sure I can hold up. I'm not sure I was built for this. I'm not sure that I have the capacity to deal with the depths of challenges that I'm facing. It's right there that Paul's idea of peace exists. It's not the same as a perfect life. Because there's a good chance that none of us in this room live a life free of challenge or stress or problems or challenges. So let's not mistake peace for perfection. And let's not press pause on receiving God's peace and say, when, God, you remove all of these problems from my life, then I will finally be able to rest in your peace. What if we reverse that and said, God, no matter how many problems are thrown my way, no matter how many challenges, I know your peace is available for me and powerful and unmovable and real right here in the midst of what I'm going through. Because for me, well, I live in the real world with real challenges, so I need a heavy-duty peace. I need a peace that can hold up to the rigors of real life when life is not perfect. So in the midst of whatever pressure you're facing right now, I want to let you know God's peace is available. It's not the same thing as perfection. It exists in the midst of imperfection. How do we know this? Well, take a look at who's writing consistently to the New Testament churches, may God's grace and peace be with you. It's Paul. Look at, look at the story, the narrative of this man's life. When we first read about Paul in the New Testament, the guy has a whole stack of challenges. He has clearly some form of anger issue and hatred towards Christians. He's known as a violent man. He's religious in a way, but has a very hard heart, an incredibly intelligent human being, a genius philosopher and theologian, and yet within all of that, his heart had started to close down. That's the man that we read about in scriptures, but Paul found grace. He found grace in God. And when he found grace in God, something changed in his life. And that grace finally gave him what he was searching for his entire life, true peace, true rest. So when he found grace, it led to peace. And so things started to change in this man's life. And we read about it in the Bible. His relationships changed. His friendships changed. The ministry that he conducted changed. His emotions changed. His joy level changed. And then in the midst of all of that, do we find that the Scripture tells us, and you know what? Because of God's grace, no problems were ever thrown Paul's way. And we're like, yes, that's awesome. That's the kind of grace I want and immunity from any real-life challenges. And we're like, Paul had that. Once he discovered God's grace, every single challenge and issue was removed from his life. We actually find 
I mean, I hope this blesses and, and encourages you. It seems like his problems increased. Like what the man went through after a transformative encounter with Jesus were so extreme. I'm not even sure you could put it into a movie. But did this guy wake up and have some of these thrown his way? I think they just hit him straight in the face. No, that's it. You don't even have time to catch it. Just, I just woke up on Monday morning and just... It wasn't a tennis ball. It was like a, you know, a sledgehammer coming my way, shipwrecked. Following the call of God on his life, in God's will, and beaten to the point of death for preaching. It's not what you expect. When, but God, I'm serving you. So why am I dealing with these? He was abandoned by friends and experienced true betrayal and isolation. He went through sickness and physical ailments that we know were very serious in his life because he prayed continually to have them removed and God chose not to remove them. Okay, so how... How does that make sense? What do I do when I'm juggling these and I'm like, God, you'll take that from my life, right? You'll take that. You'll solve that. And you find yourself in situations where you're like, I'm still experiencing human suffering in that area. And I thought faith in God would change it. How do I have peace when I have problems? How? Because peace and perfection are not the same thing. The biblical idea of peace is where God gives you something so remarkable. It can uphold you and sustain you under the greatest challenges that life throws your way. And it gives you a spiritual confidence to face life where like Paul you start to get this spiritual resilience in you where you're like, it doesn't matter what life throws my way because of the grace I've received in Jesus, there is a peace that covers and protects my life. Come on, that's a great thing for all of us right there. He had some tennis balls thrown his way, but the man kept his peace. And the point is, so can you and so can I. No matter what life throws our way, there is a peace available to all of us. It brings me to our third big idea, which is this. God's peace trumps our problems. In John chapter 14, verse 27, it reads, I am leaving with you a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift. The world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Sometimes when we think about the gifts given to us by God, we put them in a box of like, well, prophecy is a gift or evangelism is a gift. 
but we actually receive a gift from Jesus. Did you know that? And it's the gift of peace. And we should recognize that as a central spiritual gift given to us by God that marks us, that we have a peace that is something that the, what? the world cannot give. It's actually what the world is searching for. True rest, true peace, a real way to process the challenges of the human experience. It's what the whole world is searching for. And Jesus says this, I have something that you will not be able to find anywhere else. You can spend your whole life looking for it. You can think that if you get enough money, you can think if you get enough status and success and influence and things, that somehow you will get this item right here. But I'm about to give you something that the whole world can't give you, and it's called this, peace. It's a peace from Jesus. It's a gift. We don't need to earn it. We don't deserve it. But it's a gift given to us. It doesn't originate from us. It's a gift from Jesus. So if it's not ours to start with, it didn't originate from us. I don't need to conjure it up. I don't need to invent it. I simply receive the peace of Jesus in my life. It means this, it was always above my problems. It always came from a higher place than whatever my human experience is right now. There was a peace that always came from a higher place and can sit above it all. That's why God's peace trumps our problems. That's why Jesus gave us the gift. What a beautiful gift. The gift of peace. Peace in the midst of whatever problems life throws our way. It's been said that worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do. Never gets you anywhere. I've spent a lot of time in that rocking chair. Came across this interesting little study on worry, and it found this, that 40% of the things we worry about just simply will never happen. Another 30% of the things we worry about are already over and can't be changed. Are you doing the math this morning? We're up to what? 70%. 12% of our worries are needless ones about our health. 10% of our time worrying is spent on petty, miscellaneous things. I know that's nobody in this room. (laughs) Ever worried about just petty, miscellaneous things? Only 8% of the things we worry about are actually even legitimate concerns in the first place. So that means 92% of our worries are unnecessary and wasted emotions spent on the rocking chair. If I could do one thing this morning, it would be this, to lift some of the weight of worry and stress off your life and to encourage you that even if you have problems, God's peace is available right there. No wonder Jesus told us not to worry about tomorrow. What about you? Are you worrying about things that you have no control over 
and may never happen. It brings me to my last big idea, and it's this. True peace comes from Jesus. It's why Isaiah tells us, chapter 9 and verse 6, his name is the prince of what? Peace. Think about that. His very name. That there is authority in this area of what? Of peace in a world that is sick, literally sick with worry and anxiety. In a world that is losing its mind, we need to remember that there is a prince of peace. The prince of peace. He comes with peace for you, for your mind, for your life in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your challenges, in your home, in your marriage, in your family, in your workplace, in the midst of stress and challenges and turmoil, there is a prince of peace that has authority in your life. The prince of peace. He comes with a gift of peace for every single one of us. That's why in Mark chapter four, we see this. He arose and rebuked the wind. We could choose so many scriptures. I'm just giving you a few for you to consider today. And what did he say to the sea? Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Peace is resting in God's sovereignty. It's leaving all in the hands of God. No matter how heavy the challenges of life, no matter how complex they are, It's coming to a place where we say, God, I leave these challenges and problems in your hands. I trust you and I trust your sovereignty in my life. Peace is the calming of the internal storm that you're going through in internal conflict. Peace is strength in the time of chaos. Peace is freedom from oppressive thoughts or emotions. That sounds like a pretty good thing right there. And peace is the ruling power of our heart. And peace is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's not the absence of problems. Peace is a person and peace is a gift. Peace comes to us through Jesus. And it can, peace, true peace, can exist right now. That's why Paul wrote, to churches who are facing all kinds of things. Churches just like us here today, real people, right? Real lives, real complexities. And he said this, grace and peace. Because when you receive grace, God's peace is on its way. When you receive His grace, God's peace is available for you. Philippians chapter 4 tells us to be anxious for Do you know the next word? Be anxious for, be anxious for the real surprise curveballs that come your way because they're going to get you. Be anxious for the big challenges in life because they may overwhelm you. No, we are told in Philippians, be anxious for nothing in life. 
but in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Listen to this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. That's that peace that comes from a higher realm, a heavenly place from Jesus himself. It will guard your heart and mind. And if you're in this place today and you'd say, I'm feeling there is so much challenge in my life. It has affected my heart. It's affected my mind. I haven't known what to do or how to process it. I felt overwhelmed. Then this is a word for you. God's peace is available to you. This very word peace in the New Testament comes with a word picture. And it gives us the picture of the weaving of baskets. The word literally means to weave together. The weaving of multiple strands. I found this in my own life. God is the master basket weaver. He takes one strand of brokenness. He takes another strand of pain. He takes another strand of disappointment. He takes strands of my failures and my inadequacies. And he takes his own strands of grace and peace. And he begins to weave something with our lives. He begins to put something together and fashion something. Now to us, it's just a whole bunch of strands. And I'm not sure that you could ever make something out of that mess. But in the hands of the master basket weaver, he starts to weave something beautiful together, something special, something valuable. That's what peace means, that God takes every strand of brokenness, failure, shame, disappointment in your life, and He takes His grace and His peace, and He weaves it together to create something beautiful. And that something beautiful is you. It's the story of your life. It's God at work. That's what peace does. It weaves it and brings everything together. I'd like to pray for you this morning. Would you take a moment and close your eyes in this place? Perhaps in this room, you've had some curveballs thrown your way this year and the last few months. Who knows? Maybe even this week. Like, Ben, I've had some problems that I'm trying to deal with. It's been hard. It's been a challenge. Felt overwhelmed. Felt broken. Felt confused. Haven't known what to do. Not sure I can handle this. But you're sitting in this room this morning and you're hearing a message about grace and peace. And I pray for two groups of people in this room. Firstly, if you're in this place, I want to make room for you to take a step forward in your faith. If you would say, I, I don't feel like I'm in relationship with God. Never crossed a line, never truly opened up my heart to what it means to follow Jesus. I want to pray for you. There are others in this room, you've been around church many years. But you'd say, I'm facing real challenges, real problems right now, and I need God's peace to show up in new and remarkable ways. Firstly, in this room today, I want to pray for you to make a life-giving, transformative step to open your heart to Jesus. It can be the most game-changing decision that you can make. 
It's where grace enters, the grace of God, the grace that forgives our sins, the grace that brings about true life change. And just with every head bowed in this moment, this morning, I want to pray for people like that in this space. If that's you, just in your own way, open up your heart. Say, God, that's me. God, that's me. That's me. Right now, that's me. That represents me. It represents my story. I want your grace. I want a fresh start. I want a new chapter. Lord, I pray right now for people that are in this room and they say, that's me. I need God's grace. I need God's forgiveness. Lord, I pray in this very moment as people open up their hearts, pray this prayer to receive your grace, that it would be the game changer in their journey. Lord, I pray that this would be a day of salvation and forgiveness for people in this room as they open their hearts to you. Secondly, Lord, I want to pray for people that are in this room today that are saying, I need God's peace. I have problems that I'm trying to navigate right now in my life and I need God's peace. Would every person just stand to their feet this morning and let's just take a moment in this atmosphere just to thank God for His peace to let go of every problem, every challenge. Just take a moment, close your eyes, shut out every distraction. And Gilston Campus, would you join me in this? Just take a moment. Lay every problem aside, every challenge aside, every complexity aside, and just take a moment to receive the gift of peace from God. Lord, we thank You for that peace that surpasses, is above our understanding. It guards our hearts and our minds. Lord, we thank You this morning for Your peace over every home, over every mind, over every life. Lord, I pray for people right now that are saying, I've had to catch something. It was thrown my way. It was unexpected, a health problem. I've had to catch something. It's a relationship problem. I've got challenges at work. I have financial stress. Lord, right now, I thank You for Your peace because You are the Prince of Peace. We thank You for it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing. Let's worship this morning. Let's allow His peace to flow over our lives. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.